Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. Hey, yo, what up? It's Tori Deshaun, a.k.a. Boopy, and you listening to MTMV Sports. Scat. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. Endeavor, the parent company of the UFC. I stated in the Fight Nights update that they were making their initial public offering on September 27th. Well, that was the plan. Then, I guess some of the numbers or the the pieces of the economics weren't really coming together the way that they needed to. So, they changed their valuation and went from 19 million shares at between 30 to $32 a share down to 15 million shares at 26 to 27 dollars a share that didn't seem to be moving the market the way they wanted to either so they just pulled the whole thing hey it's always better to stop an offering than to make an offering it flop try to buy all the stock back to take it public i mean sorry private and then go public again so hey Conor McGregor still can't own a piece of the UFC because <laughs> he can't buy the stock, uh, nor can anyone else. Now, speaking of funds, Dustin the Diamond Poirier has been raising money by selling his fight gear afterwards for his Good Fight Foundation. He decided in his championship unification bout with Habib Nurmagomedov to sell them for the Fight for the Forgotten which is a charity that's run by Justin Wren he's a heavyweight in Bellator that charity helps the pygmies in Uganda those are the forgotten that uh, he's speaking of they made some money (laughs) y'all woo did they get some money so Poirier's fight kit he just got done selling it so the gloves shorts the shirt that he took from Habib that alone raised $60,000 Habib took Dustin's shirt which I stated a while ago it sold for $100,000 Dana White matched that $100,000 all together between that and the GoFundMe they've raised about $300,000 for this cause and they plan to build wells there in Uganda because a flood came through and destroyed the wells before in the US and in the first world, you know, France, Sweden salute to France and Sweden uh, and the UK because we know we've got listeners in those parts of the world 
yeah clean water we don't really think about I mean it's just like it's a way of life but in many many places in the world that's not the case and in Uganda where the pygmies are that's not the case so they're raising funds for that that is a very honorable act and I'm glad that they have what they have for it they were just trying to get about $25,000 got that and some talked about the LFA last week that they no longer had their deal with Access TV and that's impacting how they do what they do so they do have a fight on this weekend in Minnesota as they go there a couple times a year but they're not going to have or at least they're postponing their next two fight cards at least until they can find a broadcast partner now the fight in Minnesota they plan on recording and saving it for whoever they broadcast with but they won't be doing uh, at least the next two fights as they search for someone to carry their product alright let's go to our prayer list this week uh, starting off with the family of um, well before we go to, to that family actually I'm going to leave that to the end I want to go to the injured fighters Eddie Alvarez who's out of his fight at one century you know praying for him praying for Brandon Gertz who had to drop out of a fight that he was scheduled for recently Jeremy Stevens praying for him because of the corneal abrasion that he suffered in the 15 seconds that he was in the cage in Mexico last week uh, although they are scheduling or I should say they are in the talks of rescheduling the fight between he and Yair Rodriguez for the uh, UFC Boston card which happens in the middle of October that'd be a great time frame to have it because Zabit Magomed Sheripov was supposed to fight Calvin Cater on that card Cater's from the Boston area uh, they moved that to the Moscow card which obviously is going to benefit Zabit being from that region um, but so they're trying to get that in uh, to fill that spot as a featherweight probably co-main as Sabit's fight was supposed to be a co-main praying for Aljamain Funkmaster Sterling he underwent wrist surgery this week and will be out until 2020 also praying for Steve Miocic who will be out at least until 2020 because of suffering some damage from an eye poke in his fight with Daniel Cormier which they're proposing to do it again and Cormier's like this is my last fight I've got to get this one back I did not fight the fight I was supposed to fight I got caught up thinking I could just hit this dude whenever I want to and I didn't fight like my corner was begging me to do thought I knew better I gotta get this one back and I at least have to do what my corner says win lose or draw I'm done and I feel him regarding that because we know that he lost his father during that time frame but you just didn't know until he 
stated recently on Ariel's show how much that impacted him, how difficult that was, and how difficult that still is. And you can see there's just a change in Cormier's life. You know, life is too short, and I gotta move on. I gotta do something else. I need to try to get this one back, but after this, it's really clear that he's done with fighting. So, continue to pray for him, Cain Velasquez, and his family with the loss of his mother, and praying for Betch Cohea's family. Didn't know that she lost her sister to breast cancer and dedicated her win in Mexico City over Sajara Eubanks to her sister who'd fallen to that disease. Also praying for the family of former LFA and Bellator fighter Katie Collins, who suffered a brain aneurysm and died at the age of 32. All right, let us celebrate some birthdays. We've got the Fireball Kid, Takanori Gomi, Joe Diesel Riggs, the All-American, Brian Stan, Sugar Rashad Evans, who at the age of 40, has stated he is coming back to fight and all signs point to Bellator as the place where he'll land. He said that he's excited about going to the gym now and that hasn't happened since he was a kid. And he just feels better. He needed time for his body to heal. And after it healed and he started training, he got the itch again, which that normally happens for fighters. I almost wish the fighters would not retire that they do like George St. Pierre and say I'm taking a break Uh, either way it goes the UFC has freed him to go and fight wherever he wants to fight because they don't want to be in the Rashad business as far as fighting is concerned anymore that has also impacted him with his commentary work though so he won't be uh, doing commentary for ESPN or the UFC while he's fighting in another organization so that'll open up some doors for somebody. I don't know if uh, Tyron Woodley steps in there or they just start rotating more so among some of the other fighters that they use. Who knows? But that's a, that's a lot. It also speaks to how serious Rashad is about fighting again, that he would forego all these things for the opportunity to get back in the cage and do it again. Santiago Hinteboa Ponzinibbio also had a birthday this weekend. One championship welterweight champion, Sebastian the Bandit Kalistan, and the last emperor himself, Fedor Emelianenko. I shared in the teaser for the main card this week that I was doing things a little differently. You may have noticed that things are a little different as far as my cadence is concerned. I may have stumbled over some words a bit more than normal. And that's because I'm just doing it raw. No script, just some bullet points and giving you what I've got. I'd like to know what you think about it. Make sure that you hit us up on the socials. Uh, MTV Sports is the handle for everything, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Let me know how you like it. Got some other changes coming as well because uh, change is necessary from time to time. Got to shake it up. Keep it fresh. But keep it locked 
because we're gonna step into the squared circle for the old one two in the next segment Hello, my name is Venora Lewis, also known as Nora Natish, and I am the host of The V Report. Each week, you will get a report from me about what is happening in the world of sports. Once a month, I will bring you an interview done by myself with someone associated to the world of sports, whether that be an athlete, trainer, writer, agent, or etc. The interviews will be exciting and informative. So keep a lookout for more information on my social media pages. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nora underscore Natish. You can also find my segment on the MTMV Sports Podcast. What's up? It's Ayo Kia and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Time to go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old one two. And in boxing news this week, Gary Russell Jr. has only been fighting once a year. Much of that we suspect is due to his promoter just not really getting him fights. But he has been calling Leo Santa Cruz out. As a matter of fact, I think he had a shirt on after his last fight that was like, Let's make this fight. Let's get the deal done. Something to that effect. I forget. But had that on. And he was online on the socials. Not sure which social site. Doesn't really matter. But he was on the socials filming himself. Walked up to Leo Santa Cruz Sr. Was filming himself with his arm around him. Was playing with his chains. Then walked away and told Santa Cruz Jr. I just put hands on your father I'll do it again And I'll put hands on you A lot of people Really blew that out of proportion In my estimation I mean it just looked like He was Standing there talking You know then after everything was over He was like yeah And I put hands on him I was like yeah yeah whatever You know you're just trying to get his goat And hopefully get him into a fight We'll see if that happens. I don't know. But again, I think people were blowing out of proportion. It's like, oh, he's an 80 year old man. He has cancer. How dare you say you're going to put hands on him? He put his arm around the man's shoulder. He was playing with his chains. He, it was obvious that he did not mean any harm to that man whatsoever. And then put out an apology later saying, look, I'm not going to hurt this 80 year old man. I I wasn't going to do that. This is just some creative marketing that I'm doing, trying to get a fight. I would never do anything of that nature. So his statements alone show that people were making more out of it than it seemed. I'd heard about it before I saw it. And when I saw it, I was like, I don't think people are taking this thing the right way. And I was right. Now, Billy Joe Saunders is uh, getting ready to fight on a card that's being made popular due to social media as he's preparing for his zone debut on the KSI Logan Paul 2 card. He doesn't have an opponent for this card, but he does have an opponent in mind 
if he's victorious he wants to fight someone else who's fighting in November as well just a week before Canelo he said that he has seen himself fighting Canelo before and specifically to quote Saunders that's because he's the face of boxing and I like the chance to beat him here's a real scary thing I know I can do it I'll take pleasure in ruining Cinco de Mayo for the Mexican fans end quote Canelo's on his own he does not want to fight Triple G who is who both the zone and Golden Boy want to see him fight on that Cinco de Mayo card but hey um Billy Joe Saunders wouldn't be a bad runner up for that I mean he doesn't have a belt right now and my question is where would this be fought Saunders fights at super middleweight granted Canelo's getting ready to fight at light heavyweight might be nice to come back down and not have to go all the way down to middleweight kind of meet in the middle at 168 he's got the WBA regular belt but come on man it's the regular belt it's not the the super belt that the WBA has uh, and so I mean it is what it is he is he's a belt holder they're trying to make it seem as if he'll be the first four time or I should say four division champion if he is to beat Kovalev but that's not right and that's not real he's the he's a belt holder at 168 he's not the champion anyway i digress would it be a nice fight yeah it would it'd be a great test for canelo as well as a great test for saunders if he could beat canelo obviously it'd be the biggest feather in his cap that he has ever had and possibly that he could ever have this weekend though we've got some fights on friday on espn plus from london now it's on ESPN Plus stateside. Cross the pond is on BT Sports. Co-main event, you got Nicola Adams versus Maria Salinas. It's a 10-round fight. It's a title fight for the women's flyweight title, the WBO title in uh or I should say the WBO title specifically. The headline is a 12-round heavyweight fight. With Danny Dubois and Ebenezer Teeteth. So that's on Friday. On Saturday, we have, whoo, we got a, 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 a nice little fight card. You have from Los Angeles, California on Fox pay-per-view. Robert the Ghost Guerrero and Jerry Thomas in a 10-round welterweight bout. Josecito Lopez versus John John Molina in a 10-round welterweight bout. Mario Barrios versus, I'm not going to try his first name, Akhmedov in a 12-round welterweight bout. A lot of welterweight fights on this card. The only card, a fight, I should say, that's not a welterweight fight on this card, at least that's being publicized, is the Darrell Benavidez fight. It's a 12-round super middleweight title fight. Darrell is a WBC champion. Benavidez 
had that belt and due to some issues some publicized issues where uh you know he ran it afoul of the law with some drug things he had to relinquish the title now he's trying to get it back said that he has things in order now no longer using drugs and he's looking to get back into things talk about Darrell I mean that really at the press conference they went back and forth at it the whole time El Spence and Sean Porter who are the headliners they they definitely made people want to see the fight uh, but Darrell and Benavidez they were at each other's throats the entire time that they spoke Benavidez talking about how PBC saved Darrell in his last fight with the cut Darrell came back and was like look you said that I was winning the fight anyway so you know now you flip flopping what is it was I winning did I get saved what's the deal so they were going back and forth uh, should be an interesting fight at least they're trying to make it that way with the way that they're talking things up and then of course I said Spencer Porter are in the main event and I'm going to save this for the main event of the main card so we will discuss Porter and Spence with a bit more detail at the end of the card. Let us take a quick break, and when we come back, it'll be time to talk about all the wonderful goings on in the world of MMA in a new segment I like to call Cage Time. MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Yeah, yeah. RAERadio.com brings you the block. Every day from 8 to midnight Central Time. We got the best in urban inspirational music. So every night, gonna swing through the block. On RAERadio.com. This is Hugh Douglas from 9290 Game, and you're listening to MTMB Sports. It's Cage Time, where we're gonna talk about all the goings on. As far as mixed martial arts bouts are concerned. And this week, Bellator is hitting us with a back-to-back like they like to do. But if you let them tell it, they're actually giving us a triple header. Bellator can be very creative in the way that they structure things. And I get it. I understand what they're doing and how they're doing it. This fight card takes place in Ireland. And whenever they are in Europe, because of their contracts, they do some different things with the cards. So they have two broadcast deals in Europe. And with one of those broadcast deals, they do a fight card just for them. It's only shown either on DAZN's app. I mean, not DAZN. Bellator's app. Or on the broadcast partner that they have there in Ireland that escapes my name right now. I mean, escapes my mind right now. Um, I told you all I'm doing this a little different. A lot of the 
mix up and mess ups that I would have cut out, come back and redone. I'm, I'm not doing. I'm just giving it to you like I've got it. Keeping it raw. Pause. Anyway, so you got Bellator Dublin, which is headlined by James Gallagher, the burgeoning star from the Emerald Isle. He's fighting, um, I forget who he's fighting, but the guy missed weight, which is interesting because he fought last at a catchweight. This fight will be at 140 pound catchweight. That's where he was fighting last time and he missed the mark. So it just kind of is what it is as far as that's concerned. Um, But yeah, so that's going to be the headliner for that card should be a squash match i mean the guy he's fighting he's three and five in his last or i should say yeah three and five over his last eight fights hasn't really done much of anything so they're, they're bringing him in to be an opponent for gallagher also on that portion of the card you have the voices marquee matchup for it which is the return of Michael Venom Page versus three and one. Yeah, that's what I said. Three and one, Richard Kylie. Now, the reason it's a voices marking matchup is because uh, Kylie is not playing at all. He is extremely confident going into this fight and telling everybody that he is going to take out MVP, which is good. MVP, just the allure of him. And the just the persona that he has, the confidence and and the phenomenal striking probably caused a lot of people to lose to him before they stepped in the ring. Well, that veneer of invincibility has been cracked as Douglas Lima cracked him thoroughly in MVP's last bout. How is he going to return after getting knocked out in devastating fashion in what many believe to be a KO of the year candidate? That's why I'm interested in seeing it. Now, granted, you're fighting a three-in-one fighter. It's a squash match. I mean, it really is a tune-up. It's something to get MVP back on track. But the way this guy's talking, you just don't know. And he's from Dublin, Ireland, the guy that he's fighting, Richard Kiley. So he's going to have that sold-out arena behind him wholeheartedly. From Dublin. Trains out of SVG Ireland. So he has that that in-room experience. You know, going against the likes of Conor McGregor and all the other people that have come through SVG Ireland. Uh, Gunnar Nelson, who is going to be fighting on the UFC Copenhagen car uh, you know just all those people that he's gone against he feels like he can get the job done will he we don't know we'll see when the pin drops the cage door locks the thumbs go up and they start the clock also on the Bellator car so that's Dublin uh, there's another fight on that card it's escaping me right now um, but there, there's another fight on that portion of the card which is yeah it's escaping me so I'm not even going to try it it's escaping me oh there it is yeah Peter Quilly and Ryan Scope 
So they're going to open up that portion of the Bellator doubling card. Then you have Bellator 227. The same building, same cage, two different cars. How do we do that? Because Bellator. <laughs> uh, like we like to say here in uh, the U.S. regards to stuff. Because America. How do you do two cards in the same cage, in the same arena, paying one ticket? Because Bellator. That's why. So, Bellator 227 is headlined by Benson Henderson and Miles Fury Jury. Jury came in overweight for this one. He's not going to be penalized. He came in at 146.2 versus the 146 uh, maximum that you could for uh, the, I'm sorry, 156 because Benson Henderson is not fighting anywhere near 140 pounds. My bad. Um, I was thinking more so of the gentleman that will be fighting on the uh, Dublin card in that Dublin headliner. Uh, he came in really overweight. Uh, uh, that's Salazar. I'm sorry. Roman El Gallito Salazar. He came in 145 pounds. 145.4 for a 140 pound catchweight fight. Again, it was short notice, but the last time he fought was at 140 pound catchweight. So I don't get it. I really don't. But anyway, uh, Fury came in 0.2 over at 156.2. Um, well, how will that affect his fight? I don't know. Uh, but that's a really nice card to have. You got the former champ in Benson Henderson versus the debuting Miles Fury jury who Bellator's got great plans for. And this will be an excellent way to see just where he is a, a great litmus test for him and a great way for Ben to keep his win streak going and possibly get a crack at the new champion uh, who he beat I just thought about that yeah the new lightweight champ who he defeated in Patricky Pitbull now Patricky I'm sorry not Patricky Patricio Pitbull. Now Patricio is fighting in the headliner of Bellator 228. That is also the the last portion of the featherweight Grand Prix. He'll be defending his featherweight title against the Spaniard Juan Archuleta. That should be a phenomenal fight. Phenomenal fight. Can't wait to see that. And Scott Coker said, "Look." If Pitbull is successful, beats Archuleta, which is a tall task. Archuleta has only lost once in his professional career. He's 5-0 in Bellator, has stopped two of his opponents. So he's not going in there against some pushover. Granted, most of Archuleta's fights in Bellator have been at 135, not at 145. But still, it, he's been doing his thing. And training with people like TJ Dillashaw. Hopefully he wasn't taking the stuff TJ was taking. Uh, because Bellator's drug testing is not as stringent as the UFC. Uh, but he said that training with TJ really helped him to prepare for this fight. If Pitbull is successful and retains his title. Scott Coker said he could defend 
that lightweight title in between just depends on where he's matched up that's another reason why Bellator 228 is something I'm really really looking forward to uh, granted UFC Copenhagen is on the same day but there's just so much going on you got the four fights in the featherweight Grand Prix to close it out then after the Grand Prix is over they're going to have uh, the lottery to select their seating for the quarterfinals of the Grand Prix so after they, they go through and do all that they're gonna get these lottery balls and then they'll choose either where they're fighting for the first four or who they're fighting possibly really out of the first one where they're fighting who they're fighting when they're fighting and and all of that good stuff i can't wait to see it to see how it all plays out and i'm just wondering if someone is in like a war and they can't fight then who or should say not fight but they can't attend that ceremony does their coach go are they going to agree with where their coach puts them? I mean, it's a lot of drama that can possibly take place in this. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Can't wait to see it. So that's taking place at Bellator 228. You also have in the Featherweight Grand Prix fighting on this card, the unbeaten mercenary AJ McKee, who's going to pull off. And Bellator is good for this. They're good for having father-son fights. You have the Gonzales where uh, Haim will fight the father and then Avi will fight who's the son. Well, you got Big Antonio McKee making his comeback and fighting on the uh, prelims and then his son AJ fighting on the main card. You also have Darion the Wolf Caldwell, the former bantamweight champ moving up in weight to participate in the featherweight grand prix but the voices marking matchup i didn't want to go with it because it just seems to be so obvious a fight that you want to watch that you need to know about but i've got to just because of the history and everything and it's musasi versus machida the co-main event oh my goodness this is a grudge match that goes back to the ufc when they fought Musasi blamed Machida, called him out, said that Machida was a Machider and had greased himself, keeping Musasi from being able to grapple with him the way that he wanted to, and still was upset and salty about it after leaving the UFC. If you brought up Machida's name, it's like he's a cheater, he's greased up, I don't like him. So now they get to do it again. This fight is so important that when Machida won at Bellator um, Hawaii on that card. It was thought that he would face Musasi for the middleweight title. But Musasi had to get past Javier uh, Lovato Jr. And he couldn't. So they can't fight for the belt. But they want to fight so bad, or at least Musasi wants to fight so bad. And Bellator wants to fight so bad that they just said, forget it. We don't need any belts. We're just going to fight. So, yeah, I can't wait to see it happen. And honestly, when it's done, uh, win or lose, Machida's more than likely going to light heavyweight as he fought in his last fight against Chael Sonnen. But going back there, 
to have yet another rematch with Ryan Bader this time. So, um, yeah, I, I can't wait to see the fight. I'm interested in seeing how everything plays out this go around. Will Musasi allow the years and years of hatred and anger to impact him and cause him to fight emotionally? I mean, come on now, though. We're talking about Musasi, who is as cold and calm as and as calculated as a fighter can be. It's like nothing faces him. But can this? Who knows? Machida has said he knows that each one of his fights could be his last fight. Granted, he does have the opportunity to go on and do uh, some other things, some big things, some major things within Bellator fighting to become a champion and becoming one of few people to hold both UFC and Bellator titles um, yeah will he be able to do it who knows he's got to he's got to do something spectacular in this fight and he wants to keep his unbeaten streak in Bellator going uh, we know that Machida is a phenomenal striker we know that Gegard throws them blows as well Gegard seems to have the much better game on the ground and based on him complaining as much as he did about greasing it seems as if that's his strategy he wants to get it to the ground uh, again we will find out when they lock up at Bellator 228 now you also have UFC Copenhagen that's going to be on ESPN plus that'll be earlier in the day not a lot going on on this one. I mean, people are talking about the uh, return to Khalil Roundtree. I can't say that I'm all that excited or pumped about it because Roundtree, he's up and down. He's up and down. And sometimes he looks like a, a world beater. Other days he's kind of flat. So I don't know. Mads, old Madden, though, that he's got me intrigued. I wasn't really intrigued at first regarding him, but. The more that I hear about him, I'm sorry, Marco Madsen, my bad. But the, the more that I hear about him, the more intrigued I am. I granted he's fighting uh, Danilo Belaruto. You know, so it's like, eh. But he's in the co-main event of this fight. And it's, it's the Voices Marky match because I just want to see what the man does. He's in the co-main event of this fight. And he has uh, Norway on I mean on his back like Scandinavia is all about him so much so his last fight and he's 8-0 his last fight was the equivalent in that region of Mayweather McGregor in boxing but in MMA he was fighting some boxer some famous boxer and he beat the sleeves off of him because it was MMA and not boxing but that made him huge, so big that he has overshadowed people that have fought from that country for years. People are talking about MMA and they're talking about it because of Marco Madsen. He is an Olympic silver medalist. He's won medals at the Worlds and has a very ground heavy game, which obviously he's going to want to use in this matchup against Bellardo. In the main event, you have Jack Hermanson versus 
the killer gorilla, Jerry Cannonier. That's I honestly it's cool. <laughs> it's a cool fight. It doesn't really move me, which is another reason why I'm a bit more excited about the Bellator 228 card than I am this one. Because really, it's Hermanson's fight. It's Hermanson's fight. I mean, it's really all about him. If he wins, he more than likely will be next in line for a title shot. If he loses, it's back to the end of the pack. Cannoneer has been on a roll, has been killing it uh, as of late, dropping down. I mean, it's crazy. This man fought at heavyweight when he entered the UFC. Heavyweight. And now he's fighting at middleweight. Now, granted, Rashad Evans did the same thing, but he wasn't supposed to be fighting at heavyweight. Cannoneer came in as a legit heavyweight and knocking people out at heavyweight. And now he's fighting at 185. Looks like a totally different person. He's undefeated since dropping down to 185. And a win would be good for him. I mean, be great. You know, who wants to lose? But is it enough to really put him in title contention? He probably need a fight or two more before he can do that. It would at least keep him moving in the right direction. Uh, should be a really, really good fight. Again, Cannoneer has those cannons. And Hermanson is a phenom on the ground so you got a really a classic striker versus grapplers match though uh, Hermanson has some hands too and he says that he plans on using his stand up skills in this fight you know you got some other stuff out there that's interesting told you Gunnar Nelson uh, was training around the same time uh, as the fighters that are on that Bellator Dublin card was he training at uh, SVG Ireland, don't know, but he's fighting Gilbert Burns on short notice. Uh, he was supposed to be fighting, ah, uh, I forget who he was supposed to be fighting that dropped out, but uh, Gilbert Burns stepped in to make it happen. You know, talked about Khalil Roundtree, he's fighting Iwan Kutalaba, which for real, I mean, like I said, I'm not so excited about that because I don't know what Khalil is gonna do. Uh, Kutalaba has been up and down as well But that should be a nice little fight you Got OSP Versus uh, Michael Olianchuk Again OSP has been up and down He's really a gatekeeper And this is a litmus test for Olianchuk uh, Cowboy Oliveira Fighting uh, Nicholas Dalby That should be a, a fun fight too uh, But the, the main card is really Or I should say the main event Is really where it all rises and falls at least for the overall picture of the UFC that co-main the voices marquee matchup is where it really rises and falls for Denmark as uh, Marco Madsen has brought so much popularity and, and so much visibility to MMA the country is really teeming and 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 they want to know what is this MMA? What is going on because of what he's doing? So that is it for cage time. We're going to uh, close the cage, shut off the lights for this portion of the main card. But up next, we have the main event, the feature fight of the main card. Sean Showtime Porter versus the truth, Errol Spence. As always, fam, 
Keep it locked. MTNV Sports. What's good? It's your boy Stephen Malcolm, and you are listening to MTNV Sports. Let's get it. All right, fight fans. It's the main event, the feature fight of the MTMV main card. Arrow the Truth Spence, Sean Showtime Porter. For the unified featherweight, I'm sorry, welterweight title. Spence brings his IBF title to the ring. Porter, his WBC title. But these two have history. They used to train together when Porter was in the amateurs and he was training with, I'm sorry, not Porter, Spence was in the amateurs, training with Porter's father, Kenny. And when the fights was signed and they made the announcement, Spence said, I love your daddy, but I'm going to have to knock you out. And he's coming to knock Porter out of the ring. That's all he's talking about. Now, Porter has been saying, how you gonna knock me out when I've never been knocked out? And you could knock out Danny Garcia. I mean, not Danny, but uh, Mikey Garcia, who's 135 pounds. That's what he does his work. He came up two weight classes to fight you and you couldn't knock him out. Spencer said that he wanted that fight to go the distance to show everyone that he could go the distance. And that's why he didn't knock him out. But he's like, I'm going to knock you out. I might not have knocked out Mikey, but I'm knocking you out. Porter said, look, I'm bringing the complete package. I'm going to brawl when I need to brawl. I'm going to box when I need to box. And I'm going to be the toughest fight that Spence has ever had. Porter, actually, speaking of Mikey Garcia, has said that Spence is doing what he claims Garcia did in that fight, which is not keeping the same energy. It's like, look, when the lights are on and the cameras are out, it's all this rah-rah that you got. But when nobody's around, it's the same old Spence that I've known for years. So I need you to keep the same energy. If you're going to talk all this mess now, then talk all this mess when the cameras are not around. Same thing he was saying about Garcia. Spencer didn't really have much to say outside of the fact that he's going to knock him out. He wants to knock him out because Porter's been talking, uh, both the father and the son, and he just wants to take him out of there. I think Spencer's doing a good job playing some mind games because he told Porter, he was like, look, if you try to box me, that's how you're going to get knocked out. And I think that's a good, it's a good mind game to play because if he comes in and brawls the way that Porter can do, which Spence, he's really playing both sides of the fence on him because he called, uh, called him a dirty fighter one, which we'll talk about a little later. But he also said he looks like he's swimming when he's fighting he's just a wild man so he may be saying that to try to get him to box more so that he doesn't put as much pressure on Spence 
at the same time he may be saying it to get him to be wild because a wild brawling person can get touched up a bit more you have more openings more holes when you're wild so i don't know which way he's going with it uh, either way it goes it can benefit him but porter says look i'm bringing the intensity i'm bringing the pressure my pressure is going to break you you say i'm a dirty fighter but i'm not it's just that i apply so much pressure spencer's like no you're dirty you use elbows you use headbutts and regardless of your man of god upstanding citizen persona you're a dirty fighter porter disagrees it really doesn't matter they're gonna get in there and they're gonna mix it up what does matter is game plans because porter's father used to train spence he said look i know him i know his mindset and that's why i believe that we can beat him that's i mean having that kind of intimate knowledge of a fighter really benefits you when you're training and the two have boxed together as well they went about four to six rounds as uh, spence was training for the olympics and porter was just there kind of helping out so it's not like they haven't been in the ring before granted that was a long time ago and both fighters should be a lot different but sharing that time still makes a difference Porter has kind of come out and said look my game plan is to use the same blueprint as I used with Thurman Thurman was the same kind of boxer real technical kind of fighter and I plan on doing to you what I did in my fight with Thurman he lost to Thurman though so I don't know if that's the best strategy or not unless he's made some adjustments to it that'll help him they do have some similar styles as far as uh, being able to work off the jab at distance but Spence is much longer than uh, than Thurman is so yeah we'll see how that works and again when Porter used that strategy, it didn't work out. So I don't know how much more beneficial it'll be as Spence is considered the best welterweight, or I should say one of the best welterweights out there and better than Thurman, who Porter lost to. It's going to be a phenomenal matchup. I, you know, We'll see what happens with the adjustments, uh, if he can implement them. One thing that Spencer said, he was like, look, I, you know, I, I'm the truth. Yeah, I'm the truth. But you all going to call me showstopper when this is over because I'm going to be stopping uh, uh, Porter, who is showtime. like, yeah, you might be showtime, but I'm the showstopper. You fight er- ugly. You fight dirty. But it's not going to matter. I'm still going to knock you out. Porter feels differently like I said he believes that his pressure is going to break Spence and I really really want to know what the elder Porter knows about Spence to cause him to say I think we got a good chance of beating him whether he'll share that information or not nobody knows because they are cordial with one another they do like one another and Porter said I knew I was going to have to fight him at some point in my career 
But I wasn't going to do it unless a title was on the line. Well, not one title's on the line, two on the line. They're both bringing their belts to the cage. And as Anthony Joshua would say, they're going to put them up in the air and see who takes them with them once the fight is over. I can't wait. This really is the best welterweight bout that boxing will put on in 2019. Still have to work things out with the PVC bracket because the winner will more than likely face Manny Pacquiao. PVC is already saying, look, this is the fight that everyone wants to see. No, no, nobody wants to see that. Will we watch it? Yeah, probably. But does anyone really think Manny Pacquiao has a chance against Spence if Spence gets by Porter? No. Now, if Porter wins, that's a different story. That's a different story. And that's a fight that will be very, very interesting. I just think that uh, Spence's youth and his size is too much for the people in the PPC bracket. Hopefully, sometime in 2020, we'll see whoever comes out with all the belts for the PBC fight against who most people believe is the best welterweight around right now, which is none other than Terrence Bud Crawford. Again, hopefully we get to see that in 2020. That's all we can do is hope because uh, Top Rank and PBC are like oil and water. They just don't mix well together. But Porter and Spence should mix to make an exciting fight. All right, fight fans, that's going to do it for the main card. As I stated earlier in the recording, I want your feedback. I want to know how you feel about the changes that I've made to things. I don't know if I'm going to stick with this or what we're going to do, but changes need to be made, at least on my end, just due to how things were going before and everything that went into that goes into creating the main car want to do it in the most expeditious fashion possible while still being professional still bringing the realness that you know and you love about the MTMV main car this has been episode 110 if the lord says the same i'll be back at it again next week I am your man, The Voice, Fights Correspondent for MTMV Sports, host of the MTMV Main Card, and I'm sounding off.